Hello and welcome to Take My Advice, I'm not using it. My name's Ollie Henderson and if you listened to yesterday's episode of the Podstorm any time before midday in the UK, you'd have got a glimpse behind the curtain as I uploaded the wrong file, an unedited version. All I can say is I'm glad it wasn't the previous day's version which contained far too much swearing. This time you'd have just heard some heavy breathing but nonetheless the right version's out there now so I hope you enjoy it. Today's episode was written on September 25th, 2020. It was after a short break following the summer holidays and the date on which I switched over to Substack and it's called The Project. I hope you enjoy. After what proved to be a longer than expected break, I'm back with the 17th edition of the Future Work Life newsletter now on Substack. You can view the Future Work Life archive via a link in the newsletter to which I link in the show notes. During my four weeks off, it felt like much was changing for the better. In many ways, there was a sense of normality returning to life. Yet, as I write this on Thursday morning, we're entering in the UK at least another period of restrictions. I thought now would be an apt opportunity to reflect on some of the things that I've learned over the past six months and update you on what's next. First of all, something new. In October, I'll begin recording a season of podcasts, which will touch on some of the themes of this newsletter, amongst other things. And just to break out of reading this newsletter for a moment, all of these episodes of the podcast are now, of course, available. Today, though, I'll lay out my initial thoughts on how we need to approach the future of work. In July, I began surveying feelings about the changes to our personal and work lives resulting from COVID. The plan was initially to carry out some qualitative research in the form of interviews, followed by a quantitative study. Well, what's very clear is that the world doesn't need another survey on the future of work. I'm therefore focusing my time on something that has emerged consistently from the many fascinating conversations I've had with people over the past few months. The inherent uncertainty of life and work right now and how we collectively should navigate it. I've heard no shortage of fantastic initiatives that businesses have put in place to support staff through these challenging times, as well as stories of fundamental changes in working practices to adapt to a prolonged period away from the office. One agency, for example, offered an additional 13 days holiday to parents struggling with managing the extended period of homeschooling. Although, fingers crossed, kids are now back in school, adapting to the demands on parents and their changing views on flexible working is not only empathetic, it's also a smart strategy from the point of view of recruitment and retention. Reflecting on a survey by working families, 65% of mothers said they wouldn't change job roles in case they lost their current level of flexibility. 50% of fathers said the same. And 11% of parents surveyed had turned down a new job or promotion in favour of preserving their work-life balance. 86% of parents want to work flexibly compared to 46% pre-coronavirus. I've also explored with many business leaders when and how people might return to the office. What changes do we need to make to workspaces? Do we ask people to come in on only two or three days a week? If so, does everyone come on the same days or do we operate shifts? Fundamentally, what type of work should take place when they're there? And while there's a growing sense that collaborative work lends itself to congregating, how would that actually look? Unfortunately, on more of a negative tip, I've heard too many cases of managers putting pressure, however subtle, on their people to travel into the office despite their ongoing concerns about COVID. You don't have to come in, but it might harm your career progression if you don't, was something I was told. In the UK, at least, these conversations are temporarily on hold again, 
as the government advises us to work from home where possible. It's no less vital now, though, to proactively explore the relative merits of office-based and remote work. In fact, we can learn from the various experiments that businesses have already undertaken over the past couple of months. Finally, and somewhat worryingly, I've also seen companies holding back on the recruitment of entry-level staff, in particular graduates. There's a feeling among some that it's more difficult to onboard junior employees virtually, which is backed up by the Institute of Student Employers Study. In England, for example, they anticipate up to a 14% reduction in graduate recruitment into 2021. Every business is in a unique situation, and the vast majority of leaders I speak to prioritise the well-being of their staff above all else. However, with more difficulties to come, this strikes me as a time in which we need to come together to find new solutions to emerging challenges. Here are my conclusions. Number one, it's more essential than ever for business to put work-life design front and centre as we develop strategies to thrive in a rapidly evolving world. Number two, if we approach this with a collective mindset, we can learn more quickly and make better decisions about the future of work. My plan for the next few months, therefore, is to create a new community that can share their experience and best practice. The Future Work Life Project will collate the views and ideas of business leaders who are inspired to design a future of work that isn't just reactive to short-term regulations and restrictions. Instead, we aim to create organisations that are, as far as possible, future-proofed, that take advantage of advances in technology and data, but that ultimately put their people at the heart of their strategy. In 2021, the intention is for the project to be a knowledge-sharing platform and information resource for leaders, managers and entrepreneurs who want to learn from the respective successes and failures of other organisations experimenting with new ways of working. These could be initiatives for establishing social interactions, onboarding team members, developing new ways of creative collaboration or eventually returning to the office once more. Let me know if you'd like to contribute and I'll get in touch to tell you more. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.